This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my co-host and producer, Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? How are you doing today? I'm inspired. Inspired. That's interesting. What is that? <laughs> I am intrigued and inspired it, by wow. all that we've learned already this year. Wow. Yeah. I received that. Receive I love it. that. It's good stuff. Powerful, powerful. Inspired is so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> we hope to get everybody more inspired today. We've got a really interesting show topic, actually. Today, okay. we're going to be talking about how to gain healthy weight. Mm. And a lot of people might be shocked to hear something like that. Why, why would you want to gain weight? You know, but we have actually gotten a lot of requests, surprisingly high amount of requests asking about how do you do this process? Because people have been struggling mm-hmm. trying to put on some some weight. What or a some dilemma size. that has to be. <laughs> I can't imagine. It can be a higher quality <laughs> problem. But the, the reality is it's also tied to some potential health issues. Exactly. You know, so we're going to go through all of that. And on the other side of the coin, we're going to talk about how having too low of a body fat can actually be unhealthy. Ooh. So when we're setting out to accomplish our fitness goals, having something that is ideal overall for our health and well-being and not just trying to hit some magic percentage with the body fat and with mm-hmm. weight because you can actually get into an unhealthy territory. Oh dear. All right, so we're going to cover all that stuff today. But first, let's go ahead and give a huge shout out to our show sponsor, Onnit.com. Head over to O-N-N-I-T forward slash M-O-D-E-L. So it's Onnit.com forward slash model for 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. We're huge fans of the Hemp Force Protein. Absolutely. The number one most bioavailable protein for the human body is going to be found in hemp. Mm-hmm. Now, the catch is you have to get some hemp that tastes good. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> the stuff that's out there on the market, it might taste like sand mixed with a little yeah. bit of clay and then sprinkle in a little bit of dirt for good measure. It's yes. not delicious, yes. but it's good stuff for your body. An so we want to have it. cookie. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to have it feel good and taste good. And that's what you're going to find in the Hemp Force Protein. It's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. We got two great flavors, the Choco Maca, the Vanilla Acai, which is my fave. We're actually going to talk about that today and how I'm using it okay. uh, in just a little bit. So definitely do yourself a favor and check that out. We're also fans of the Earth Grown Nutrients. Yes. Okay. The Green Superfood Blend. Everybody needs to have that extra insurance policy in our world today to, to battle all of the inflammatory things going on around us, the pro-acidic uh, compounds we're exposed to on a daily basis via our air, our water, and also our food. You know, mm-hmm. stuff is different now. Right. And the thing is, you're not going to find a DeLorean and be able to go back in time, <laughs> so you got to deal with where we're at right now. So Shouts get yourself out, this. Yes. Right. Shouts out to Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yep. What's and up? Back to the future. Can I get a hoverboard? Oh, yeah. Where is my hoverboard? You know? <laughs> Wasn't that the best? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely get your hands on that in- extra insurance policy by getting the Earth Grow Nutrients. McFly. McFly yeah incredible incredible memories so head over there check them out onit.com forward slash model for 10% off now let's get into the iTunes review of the week another five star rating Sean that keeps us striving toward the top this one is called fascinating by Adam Samuel thank you so much for putting out such great content I have acquired so much knowledge since I started listening You have completely and positively reprogrammed the way I think about nutrition and food. Sean and Jade, your delivery is funny, thoughtful, and engaging. I no longer get bored on public transport or waiting in a queue. Adam from London, currently living in Spain. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Incredible. Oh, yes. Incredible. <laughs> That's that um, automobile university or just that mobile <laughs> learning. You know, it's so powerful because Auto today Academy. we're world citizens. You yep. know, we're traveling all over the place. We have this amazing capacity to to get around and we can use that time. We can, we can leverage that time yeah. to educate ourselves, to inspire ourselves. So when we show up to wherever we're going, we're the best version of ourselves. That's right. Know? So when we go to Spain, Sean, we will have already been across the road. I love it. Yes. I love it. We're on our way, Adam. So let's go ahead and get into <laughs> our topic of the day. Today, we're talking about how to gain healthy weight and also why having extremely low body fat is unhealthy. Ooh. And this is really getting into the point of this fine line that can be between being super fit mm-hmm. and being super unhealthy. Uh-oh. All right. And one of the first things to really talk about is that there are several issues related to being underweight. And this is outside of the aesthetics, you know, the appearance of the body, the feeling good, feeling strong, feeling fit and capable, which I intimately understand. Yes. Because I've been on both sides of the equation, mm-hmm. you know. So for me personally, I've been. 40, 50 pounds overweight. Yeah. And I've been 30, 40 pounds oh, wow. underweight as wow. well. Yeah. You know, so I've really bridged this spectrum with experimentation. And also, of course, the initial, you know, getting to that point where I was that overweight was when I was dealing with my right. so-called incurable spinal that? condition, which <laughs> we talked about on the past show, fully recovered, fully yes. doing awesome. Wonderful you know. testimony. But through that process, you know, being unable to move, you know, not really being mobile. And then, of course, being on the college diet of Papa John's pizza and um, McDonald's <laughs> on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. That McDonald's Did you use breakfast. The garlic butter. If I got up in time, uh-huh. I would get that McDonald's breakfast. Oh my goodness! Hot cakes. So wait a minute. Now that's a ten thirty cutoff. Are you saying you weren't even getting up until ten thirty? I was playing Madden. I was playing oh video games goodness. until the wee hours of the. <laughs> it's the college program, you know, oh and wondering goodness. why I wasn't getting any better. Exactly. You know? So what but a recluse. <laughs> with that, with that process, you know, I put on a substantial amount of not the sexy kind of weight that we're going to talk about putting on today. <laughs> right. So I know what it's like and I know what it's like also to be underweight and wanting to put on some size just to feel strong and healthy and capable. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to talk about first really quickly is some of the typical problems that are associated with being underweight. Okay. Now, one of the obvious ones is malnutrition. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you're just not nourished. You're not getting the vitamins, minerals, enzymes, the essential amino acids, essential fatty acids, polysaccharides that your body needs to fully recover, to heal itself, and to really be strong and energetic. You're not getting those nutrients into your body. Right. Uh, second thing is depressed hormone function. And we're going to talk more about this in a moment. This is some serious business here. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is anemia, which is pretty common. Oh, a lot yeah. of people deal with that, the anemia. And also fertility issues. That can be another huge thing that people are concerned about. And finding that they're infertile and a big reason for that is a low body fat low weight and so that's another typical problem associated with being underweight so now let's talk a little bit about what being underweight can be a result of some Mm -hmm. of the things that actually causes Mm -hmm. where to direct your attention all right so we're going to start with the captain obvious first all right so one of the most obvious things is a fast metabolism man What what does that mean though it means I want to know where I can borrow that just for a short period of time. And I just don't want anybody to have to suffer if that's what they're dealing with. So outside of borrowing someone's fast metabolism, yes. it's just what does that when, mean? when people even say that, it's uh-huh. like, oh, they got a fast metabolism. Right. Seems what like does a that compliment. Even mean, right. So when we say fast metabolism, you know, as a general population, what scientists phrase it as is a high basal metabolic rate. Okay. So uh, what that means. Clear it up for me. What that means. <laughs> 
Listen in. Amen. So what Amen. that means, it's the amount of calories that your body needs while resting. Okay. So basically, okay. this is just to maintain you without doing anything. So these individuals that have a fast metabolism, they actually have a high basal metabolic rate. And this means that while they're just doing nothing, mm-hmm. their body's expending more energy than someone else. All right. So that's what that is. Now, partially, one of these components that could be a part of this for somebody is that because muscle burns more calories than fat at rest, it can be very difficult for a leaner person to add more weight mm-hmm. without adding fat onto their body. And that's what it can you be very difficult. With. That is exactly that. right. Mm-hmm. So now when I say leaner, I do not mean a thinner or lower weight. Mm-mm. Okay. People who have a thinner appearance can still have higher body fat. Sure can. And people who are described as being, quote, overweight. That's right. You fat skinny. Right. <laughs> and this is what this whole like skinny fat phenomenon that's been <laughs> happening in our, in our population in the last couple of decades yeah. is really pointing to, you know, so just because somebody's thin doesn't that's mean right. they're necessarily healthy. There you go. So we're talking about the actual fat mass, the body fat percentage, this ratio is looking at your lean muscle mass as compared to your fat mass, okay? Mm -hmm. And also your bones and your water weight, all these different things. So what we're really focused on here is the body fat percentage. Sure. And that's how we should look at every individual if we're trying to assess where their greatest potential is. Right. So the BMI that's become popular today as a metric is not the most complete story for people because... You know, somebody who is at a particular height and weight. So this is looking at your weight as compared to your height, mm-hmm. right? And you should be in this certain place. There can be a guy who's five foot ten, who's 210 pounds, but he is shredded, mm-hmm. you know, but he's going to be determined to be overweight, right? And so a better marker for you to keep tabs on is the body fat percentage. There we go. Versus the BMI, mm-hmm. all right? And also the scale. We've talked about this in past shows. The scale can mess you up. Um, yeah, I you burned know, mine. A lot. Well, not literally. <laughs> but, you Set know, I did fire. used to. Yeah, I wanted to. But I tell you what, I did used to, you know, going into the doctor's offices or if somebody would ask, I'd say, well, I'm allergic to, to the scale. I'm sorry, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm allergic. <laughs> I did, and they said, really? Here, come You're, get on this scale. I, just, I can. I <laughs> What's wrong? I'm afraid Bless I can't. I have an allergy. <laughs> but that was how I started also convincing myself. Don't do it. Right. You know, don't let this be the thing, right. the guide for you. Right. Because so. within this, even this show topic, we're doing things at a higher level of consciousness. We're not letting these numbers dictate our value, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. understanding that just because we're not going up or going down on the scale, that doesn't have the final say about you. The most important thing to really look at is how do you feel as a person? You know, how do you feel within your clothes Because, again, somebody can weigh a little bit more, but their body fat is lower Mm -hmm. and the scale will bother them. Yeah. You know, not really understanding like, you know, my pants feel good. I look good in my clothes. Mm -hmm. And then because we're programmed with this idea that we need to be a certain weight. Well, sure. And And if you're not there, then you're not healthy. It starts early. I mean, from our early checkups at the pediatrician to the measurements that they had in school, there were these markers that say, well, we're in a certain percentile and this is where the the window and the the range we should fall in. You know if you're healthy or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can just literally just look at yourself in the mirror. You can feel yourself. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's how you feel. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to turn within more often and just notice how we feel. Right. You know, and not get caught up in these random metrics that, mm-hmm. you know, again, it doesn't have the final say about you. That's so true. that's, that's true. the caveat. Now let's go ahead and get back into uh, some of the potential issues that can cause somebody to be underweight. Okay. All right. So that whole 
fast metabolism. That's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is poor liver function. Uh-oh. And in the show notes, we'll put our episode. We dove in deep in talking about the importance of the liver function mm-hmm. and how it relates to fat loss. That's right. How it relates to your overall health. And partially, this is important here because the liver is responsible for a lot of metabolism of certain hormones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even the production of fat, you know, it does a process called lipogenesis. So if we're talking about um, somebody who's not putting on weight or putting on fat or storing energy, it could be due to poor liver function. Mm-hmm. And this is very, very common for people who tend to be thinner and they're just eating like candy all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're eating honey buns and right. they basically like gremlins, right? <laughs> not gizmo. Uh, right, mm-hmm. right. Not, not the sweet little one. Yeah. <laughs> not that one. We're yeah. talking about spike. The Henri Right? One. We're talking yes. about when you get them wet and then they're eating after midnight and then they're turning into those green monsters. And he loved being bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, yes, this is where it's at. But you got to serenade your liver. I mean, right. love your liver. Love your liver. <laughs> yes, indeed. So this is probably, and what I would direct people to if this might be an issue for you is to go back and listen to that episode because we're talking yeah. about how to fortify and encourage the function of that liver. Mm-hmm. And just to drop one little tidbit on you is time-tested tonics, you know, something like milk thistle, mm-hmm. you know, so something like that. But again, when we're talking about supplements, we're talking about small percentages of what can really do the overall picture because it really relates to your lifestyle and your nutrition mm-hmm. more so than any supplement can add to the mix. But it's just something to add in there. And I just want to point to that. Milk thistle's got a lot of data uh, as far as encouraging the healthy function of your liver. So Definitely just go back and listen to the episode if you think this might be what's causing you to not be able to gain weight. Sure. Okay, so now let's move on. Uh, Another potential issue related to someone being underweight is chronic or acute stress. Okay, so... Nothing cute about that. And and acute stress. Stress This could be a temporary stress. And I know a lot of people have actually dealt with this. Mm -hmm. Probably the majority of people listening right now where you're under the gun for something or uh, a traumatic event might happen in your life. And you find that, you know, you're not eating, you're not really feeling well, and you start losing weight. You're like, Mm -hmm. you know what? One benefit of this whole (laughs) trauma is I've lost weight. Right. You know, when in actuality, that that weight's going to come back Mm -hmm. with vengeance, you know. So chronic or acute stress. So individuals that with chronic stress, you know, so just constantly. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this in past shows as well. Dealing with, and by the way, when you hear this, we're not talking just about, uh, I feel stressed at work or Mm -hmm. stressed at home. Mm Mm-hmm. We're talking about your overall stress load, okay? So um, things like exercise is a stress. Mm -hmm. It's known as a hormetic stress. It could be a good stress, but when you add that to everything else that might be on top of you, it can tip you over the scale. Or if you overdo and add too much of that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So That load is heavy. So we're talking about emotional stress, Mm -hmm. uh, mental stress, work stress, relationship stress, uh, spiritual stress, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling disconnected, feeling like you're not on your purpose, Add all these things together. All these things are going on with right. your nervous system and then add exercise stress to the mix, diet stress. There's so many different things. So when you hear stress mm-hmm. or stress-related illness or stress-related uh, being underweight, don't think it's just, oh, I'm, I love my job. For one thing. It's not that. Well, you're going to have to help us with that because when you just listed that load, you know, we can be dealing with any number of these at any given time and say, hey, I need to go burn this off. You know, and, mm-hmm. and blow some steam off mm-hmm. by exercising. So yeah. give us a little something about how we can understand that if we are dealing with all yeah. that, what's a good way to enter into the exercise component, which should, at least we're thinking and yeah. from our learning, it depends. releases 
endorphins and de-stress, but yeah. where's the careful line we got to... You know, we're not all about cookie cutter here. Mm-hmm. You know, it really depends on the individual. And some people need to work in more than they need to work out. What do you mean? Okay, so this is where an individual might need to go to the internal gym, mm. okay, instead of the external gym. So you get in there and we do some meditation, some some deep breathing exercises, some things that help to activate your parasympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. to just kind of calm the fire. Nice. Right? So this could be a gentle yoga practice, Tai Chi, Qi Gong, which we had an awesome show about Qi Gong. We'll put in the show notes. But overall, of course, we really dove in and talked about the stress on a past episode as well. So it just depends. It really depends. For somebody could just be going out for a long power walk. Nice. But how do we do this? What's the ideal thing for us? Again, it's going to be individual but certain things just tend to work across the board, mm-hmm. at least in some aspect. Nature. Yeah. So not just going for a long walk, but going for a long walk in nature. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. just going for a long walk in nature, but going for a long walk in nature with some sun, mm-hmm. with some sunlight. There you go. Fresh air. There you go. Start stacking the stacking conditions, getting up. back yeah. to being human again. Yeah. <laughs> We're no longer a gremlin. Right. MTV. Mm-hmm. So, so now I have more compassion for Spike. He might have been under a great deal of stress. That's all it was. It's not easy. Don't eat after grumble, midnight. You know, you know, don't throw water the on me. Temptations are there. <laughs> right. People throwing water on you. And Do you know what that does to me? <laughs> no, please stop. All right. So that's another issue is the stress. All right. So as far as being underweight, mm-hmm. another issue could be hormone imbalances. And this is actually not could be. It's going to be related to all of these. Mm-hmm. So hormone imbalances, and this can be related to uh, just basically having a low appetite if your hormones are off sync. And of course, a lot of people know about the thyroid. Yes. So people with hyperthyroid activity. So this is basically excess uh, activity of the thyroid, which is the control center of your metabolism. Mm -hmm. This very, very small, light gland. It only weighs like a gram (laughs) in your throat. It's shaped like a butterfly. Mm -hmm. And it's responsible for really regulating your metabolism. It's incredibly powerful. And it's like humbling when we know how amazing and intricate this body is. Mm. You know, and a lot of people have no idea. They've never even tuned in to what's going on like right here in your no, in your neck no you know, and until, so you made, until you made that description i really didn't i kind of had a gist of approximately where but i could have mistaken that for the <laughs> for mm-hmm. any other piece <laughs> of my, uh, but then you said it's shaped like a butterfly yeah and it impacts so much so butterfly effect as it would be in nature also mm. happening within our bodies yeah another yeah. great um, analogy there mm-hmm. yeah correlation so what we want to do is Hormone healthy activities, hormone healthy lifestyle, hormone healthy diet, hormone healthy exercise. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about these in the show, of course. And we've talked about this all the time. So much. Yeah, because this is the game. This is what the Model Health Show is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, so these things can help to get your thyroid more streamlined. And oftentimes, though, and we talked about this with Dr. Sarah Godfrey when she was on, when there's something off with the thyroid, we tend to just look at the thyroid, mm-hmm. not understanding that. This is connected to your HPA axis, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's going on in your brain, your response, your perception of stress, you know, your adrenals. So how much tension or how much energy are you expelling and expressing every day? Mm-hmm. Are you getting refilled? Right. Are you just constantly filling up other people's cup and you're not getting refilled yourself? Right. 
you know, so all these things matter. Pouring out fumes. But then we're like, what? (laughs) I know something wrong with my thyroid. Right. (laughs) I need some, you know, I need some. You're running on empty, honey. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that could be another issue there is the hormone imbalances. Uh, Another issue with being underweight, now it's going to get a little weird, is parasites. Oh, gross. Parasites. This is very, very real. And what people tend to think is that, you know, this is like a third world issue, or if you go into into the jungle or Mm -hmm. something like that. But the reality is, and also, you know, our pets, for example, this gives us a good analogy is our pets. If your dog or cat gets sick, it's usually like has some, maybe it's worms, you know, Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, it's probably worms. But when a human gets sick, it's anything like that's the last thing we might consider. Well, yeah. Okay. So (laughs) understand this is another real phenomenon that's happening in our world today. And actually, when I did some testing a couple years ago, the practitioner who looked over my digestion analysis, she was actually shocked that I didn't have parasites. She didn't when, know me. She didn't know underweight. anything about me. huh? At the time when you were underweight? No, no. This was oh, just okay. a couple of years ago, just doing some testing because that's mm-hmm. what I do. But she had seen it so frequently. Yeah, she that said that basically thinking... three out of four, so about no. 75% of the analysis she gets back, people have parasites. And I was just like, what? Gad? Yeah, yeah. Crazy pants. So I think that would be a very good show topic mm-hmm. for us to talk about at some point here soon. So parasites could be an issue. And by the way, these little creepy crawlies, wiggly wormies, these guys have their own agenda. You know, <laughs> <Right>. They're parasites. <laughs> it's not a, a symbiotic relationship. Like we do have symbiotic relationships with the natural mm-hmm. uh, bacteria mm-hmm. uh, that inhabit the human body. They're giving us something. We're giving them something. Parasites, they're taking. They're they, taking over the house. Yeah. And they will also do things with your food. And there's certain foods that they like to have. And they'll encourage you. It's like this stuff gets into some real mm-hmm, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. They also, because they're living, they have consciousness, you know, so they can drive <laughs> activities and influence you as well. But I don't want to get too, because this can start sound a little bit too metaphysical, no. but there's a lot of sound, hardcore science about the impact that parasites mm-hmm. have on your body. In particular, your digestive system and your ability to assimilate and use your food, which is the next issue and the last issue we'll talk about as far as a potential problem surrounding being underweight is digestive problems. Well, there you go. And that one can be another Captain Obvious. Mm-hmm. But the reality is a lot of people don't know why or sure. how it's happening. Sure. And this can oftentimes relate to gut permeability or something called leaky gut, which mm-hmm. become an, another popular thing in our lexicon today. But this is because we're consuming fake foods. We're consuming That's foods right. that our body is not familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, through our evolution. And... Things that, especially genetic modification, you know, like wheat in particular. So a lot of people are having issues with wheat and why that is because of the lectins that are found in wheat. And these are natural compounds found in plants to protect them Mm -hmm. because they don't have legs. They can't get up and run away. So it's just like, if you eat me too much, I'm going to make you sick. And they can't just yell, stop. Okay. (laughs) But our wheat today has more concentrations of these compounds and they can start to pull apart your gut lining. And your body's not fully assimilating and really taking in the nourishment that you bring into your body. So that gut permeability can be an issue. Just any place along that digestive tract can be an issue. So it could be with somebody actually, let's start at the top, chewing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're not chewing your food properly. And I always take every chance I get to talk about this. You are not the father, right? <laughs> Maury Povich, right? Uh-huh. When they go on there and they get a DNA test done, they swab the inside of the mouth, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You are the father. And then they get all depressed. Right. But anyways. <laughs> not always. I know. I told you. I told you. That's right. Please don't watch this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that DNA, there's DNA encoded in your saliva. So when you're chewing your food, you're actually mixing it and encoding it with your own genetic information. 
your own DNA. Also, enzymes are going to be produced in your saliva. And so what you're doing, that's the pre-digestive process. By doing that, the food is getting more familiar with you so that when you put it through the rest of your digestive system, it knows you. All right. And this starts with chewing. Mm Mm-hmm. I know a lot of thin people who eat incredibly quick, you know, and they're not really getting all of the value from their food, mm-hmm. you know. So that's one of the big issues. Then we can move into the stomach itself and hydrochloric acid production. You might have an overabundance of it or, or not enough, and it's throwing off the digestion later on. And then, of course, liver function. And we're talking about uh, the gallbladder and the secretion of bile to yeah. help you to assimilate fats. We can just go through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And if your digestive tract is not healthy, then it can lead to you not gaining the weight that you want to. Sure. And the bottom line is if it seems as if you're doing the things that need to be done, but your body's operating kind of in another vibration or with some other drive, Mm -hmm. there's something that's maligned Mm -hmm. and we should do some investigation. Exactly. And here are some of the places we can check. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So now let's go ahead and talk about what happens when your body fat actually gets too low. Mm. There is such a thing. And a lot of people are going to be able to relate with me. And this is my experience Mm -hmm. that I'm going to share. Okay. So going from somebody who was just radically unhealthy, you know, to a large degree, to the degree I had this degenerative illness, Mm -hmm. you know, and of course being overweight. And then to looking to how can I be as healthy as possible and going too far down that rabbit hole? Mm -hmm. You know, so at one point, so the lowest body fat percentage that I've ever had personally is 4.7%. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I was 4.7%. Sanity. A little bit crazy, right? And I know some of the effects of that personally, some of the things like experientially in my life that were impacted by that. What? I want to know too. (laughs) I'm going to share. Come on, 4%. (laughs) I'm just She's leaning over the table. Yes. Okay, so here's some of the issues that can happen when your body fat gets too low. And this is where we need to, again, understand, because I know we've got some of our bodybuilders out there, our competitive uh, listeners who've got a lot of love for and so much gratitude. And they come here to find out how to get the edge Mm -hmm. and also how to find that balance, how to do this stuff in a more helpful way so I can maintain and walk around feeling healthy and shredded to the place that I want to be, (laughs) but not to the place that we can't sustain it and it doesn't feel good anymore. Right. Right. So this is where we find the balance. So let's first, we're going to talk about when your body fat is too low. One of the first issues is lowered immune system. Okay. And we'll come back and talk about that in a moment. Another issue is depressed hormone function because it's a critical building block of hormones. Fat is a critical building block of your hormones. Now, just to talk a little bit about the immune system, the spinal cord and bone marrow need essential body fat to support their functions. Your bone marrow is a key component in the body's blood circulation and your immune system. Okay, so when you're lacking these things, your body's ability to mobilize stem cells or Mm -hmm. produce stem cells, your immune system is inherently going to go down because you don't have the body fat available to sustain this process. Very, very powerful and interesting situation. Yeah. Uh, your body fat is also responsible for absorbing vitamins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will not efficiently absorb your vitamins. And we're talking about the fat-soluble vitamins. And these are really tied to longevity, especially vitamin A. So vitamin A, D, E, and K. We oftentimes think that I just need to eat it with some fat because it's fat-soluble. No, we're talking about your body fat. You need to have body fat right. available to assimilate this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So the brain as well, the brain suffers immensely when your body fat is too low because the solid weight of your brain, the solid matter of your brain is mostly fat, Mm. okay, Mm -hmm. with your big fat brain. With your big fatty brain. You know what to do with the big fat brain. (laughs) (laughs) Think, man, think, man. 
So again, the brain mm-hmm. suffers immensely when your body fat is too low because this is protection. The body fat, the, the fat that you have within your own system is responsible for protection of your neurons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is like your potential communication of your entire brain and nervous system. It's encoded, it's like a sheath. It's protection for your brain. And that basically starts to get dried out and it can actually just kind of wither away. So what's going to be impacted is your focus. Mm-hmm. And I know this, like <laughs> it was not easy. And I, I found myself not remembering things. Wow. You know, like where did I put my keys? Mm-hmm. Better yet, where's my car? <laughs> you know, and this wasn't like really, really bad, but it was noticeable. Like no. I would normally remember this thing that I just read or that I just wrote or mm-hmm. that I'm working on. But I struggled a little bit more. With my memory. Whoa. Uh, spatial awareness as well. So this is like <laughs> Were knowing. Were you walking into stuff? <laughs> no. I'm, this is not me personally. Oh, but this okay. is going to be another issue. Uh-huh. Um, but this is basically understanding where your body is in space. Oh, sure. Okay. And so when I'm saying this, this is also can get into some metaphysical stuff of like being in your body. You start to kind of get detached. Mm. Okay. You're not really there and present. And I know some of the people who have uh, participated in like bodybuilding competitions, they know that. They don't really feel grounded. Mm-hmm. Right. And so your spatial awareness can go away uh, or, or get depressed and also your reaction time. So you're just, you basically things get in you slow saw, motion. You're not yeah. being, you're not able to move that weight or to move things to, to kick into high gear like you normally would when your body fat's too wow. low. So let's talk about some things more specific with the hormones. So men, uh, as far as the hormones go, this can actually lower your body's ability to produce testosterone and other sex related hormones when your body fat gets too low. Testosterone actually helps to keep you fit and defend against excess weight. Mm-hmm. So why would you need it? Right. If you're already super thin, because your body's production is going to go down. That's right. Okay. But so, what will replace and fill in the blanks is not a good thing. And not fat, what your goal is. Right. And fat is your body's, it's a core, it's a seed of you being able to produce your sex hormones. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is where, again, we got to find that balance for ourselves. We've got to find that sweet spot, mm-hmm. you know, to being at the level of fitness we want to be at, but not driving and pushing ourselves below that and trying to stay there right you know temporarily for a competition i get that Mm -hmm. you know it's for this uh this event you know but all bodybuilders know that you can't possibly live live there there. you know Mm -hmm. you go on it's a season you know you go back onto another cycle you know you bulk and then you cut you bulk and you cut and you go through this process but even that doing that long term can have a lot of negative side effects because you're really manipulating and changing how your metabolism operates, mm-hmm. you know. So does so, that bring into play some epigenetics as well, Sean? Can it influence? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. That can start to change what your genes are printing out, you know. And so a lot of people know, well, maybe not. This I haven't talked about this before, and I don't know if anybody's been exposed to this, but individuals who constantly are cycling diets like that have a greater tendency towards cardiovascular problems. Oh, dear. You know, so... That's just one of the things to keep a heads up about, that we want to have a body fat that feels good, we feel strong, Mm -hmm. we feel beautiful, but at the same time, not too low to where we're damaging our hormone function. And our body's going to fight us to try to produce these hormones again and put some weight back on and put some body fat back on. So that's for men. For women, and I know a lot of people know about this as well, is that they can often lose their menstrual cycles when their body fat gets too low Mm -hmm. or start to have complications with it. And this is some important information because the essential, quote, essential body fat for women is 8%. Okay, that's essential. Okay, this is just for you to be alive. Mm-hmm. It, you, will, you literally can die very quickly, you know, just like at a blink of an eye, a complication can take Dropping place in. if it gets below that. Wow. Now, and this is according to the University of Nevada. 
And also, according to them, healthy females have an allowable body fat percentage between 19 and 32 percent. Okay, that's right. That's giving you a that's lot a of room big, to play. Yes. You know, you can be lane. you can be thick fit, Thickness. you know, and still be very, very healthy within those borders. Mm-hmm. And this is what I see. You know, this is what I see in my clinic. Uh, and again, it's just what are your goals? Where do you want to be on the spectrum? But we don't want to get too far below that because it can be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So now also, according to Columbia Health, the body needs, and this is the female body, needs 22% body fat to maintain the healthy menstrual cycle. And at least 17% is required for the discharge of blood, period. Oh, my. So again, I know many women athletes have seen this happen before, that when they're training a lot, stringent diet, their cycle can just throw the deuces. Yeah. You know, it'll Outta just here. check out. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of those things. And understand when your cycle gets suppressed, we're talking about a move out of your womanhood yeah. in a way and just kind of what you're designed to do. You know, if anything, a lot of people have questions that when this gets into philosophy, like, why are we here? What are you supposed <laughs> to be doing? We know for certain that we are here to procreate. Mm-hmm. We're here to reproduce. Mm-hmm. This is what all cells of any system and we're cells of this global universal system Mm -hmm. and that's part of our process but of course we're conscious and we can we're way far above that and looking at what we're capable of replicates as well you know so we can control our ability to procreate but that still doesn't negate the fact that that's what you're designed for right you know so we want to understand this and respect this part of our health in our body Mm -hmm. another thing was lethargy for me and this is just getting back to what are some of the symptoms and what happens if your body fat gets too low I was having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. Wow. Like I'm a morning person. I get up and I'm ready right to go around, at it. And yeah. It's just like, oh man, it's just so mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. I can just kind of put myself in that space. It was just like, I felt like I had weights on me holding sure. me down. Sure. Well, I was going to say, I'm sure that added to the stress load as well. Of course. And then anything you tried to do would just And also you. the testosterone because my testosterone was low as well at this point, you know, and I was lacking on those things that I really wanted to have the energy that I want. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we did a whole episode dedicated to testosterone for men and women. Sure did. And it's part of your drive, you know. Um, When we talk about hormones, we're talking about our feeling Mm -hmm. as well. Communication between the cells of our body, but also how we feel. And that is attributed to your your drive, your focus, your motivation. So low testosterone, it's going to be difficult to do anything. Right. You know, so... The lethargy is a big issue when your body fat gets too low. Hypersensitive to environmental conditions. Oh, wow. Now, this one was, right. I was cold. That makes sense. All this, fat is like insulation mm-hmm. and it's with your house. Insulation keeps the heat in or the cold in, right? So I was cold all the time if it was cold or just even cool, mm-hmm. I was right. cold. <laughs> and if it was hot, I was just, I'd overheat. Yeah. I get too hot. And this led to, it just kind of. Brought in more tiredness. I bet. You know? What were you like during a lightning storm? <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> I don't know. When it rained outside, that's, did stuff start aching? That's where my superpower came from. <laughs> right. Also, um, something really interesting to, to talk about here is the bioenergetic energy from other people. Oh, so wow. So we talk about yeah. um, the incredible research coming out of the HeartMath Institute and showing that. And you can use, um, I believe it's a magnetoencephalogram. And this particular device can take an image of the human body. You can see that there's an energy field moving out about eight feet from your body. Okay. So eight feet. Yes. Yes. And we all have these bioenergetic kind of fields 
that are and again this is going when I'm looking at you right now I see but you. we're within eight feet so of there's some energy and you know everybody knows this experientially you know when we try to get and draw that line here with science fact and science fiction mm-hmm. this is more into the science fact aspect right here because we know this experientially we don't need paperwork or tests to prove this mm-hmm. when you get around certain people it's just like they have bad vibes you don't feel good around them mm-hmm. or you you feel sad or compassion or you really get attached to somebody or you are you're more happy around certain people your energy mm-hmm. goes up around certain people right you know and it's not just because they're talking to you right it's a feeling mm-hmm. that's so unspoken and this is important because this gets back to not just being in our man brain, our science brain, but paying attention to how we feel. That's right. That inner work, you know, that working in instead of working out I all the time. I love that. I love that. You know, because oftentimes that intuition, your body and your, something that evolved you since the beginning mm-hmm. is running that program in you, trying to direct you into the right action. Right. But oftentimes we don't listen to that energy. Right. You know, and we'll force ourselves to be around certain environments, certain people, mm-hmm. and find mm-hmm. that we end up with these negative results time and time again. Right. You know, and we just got to tune back in, listen to that inner guidance system, yes. because you know something greater, like that infinite part of you already knows. I'd love for you to take us in, on that energy and space of energy journey on how we can maybe create better environments with mm. regard to that mm. to also support what we're doing here. Yeah. And yeah, we can definitely do that. We could definitely put on the books to do a show uh, looking more into these things. And also for me, it'll give me an opportunity to go back into the research because it's been a couple of years right. and looking at some of the data and the scientific studies because mm-hmm. they were fast mm-hmm. they changed my life. I mean, it is. Changed I mean, my just life. hearing it now. And it's a part of me. You know, I'm operating from a different place because I know that this stuff matters. It does. You know, when somebody says they believe something, but they don't because they haven't experienced it. Right. You know, when you experience something, nobody can tell they you can't other tell than, you otherwise. Yeah. You know, it's very powerful. It's coming from a powerful place. So what's more in the work that I've done in all of these years, I know that we send that yeah. through these airwaves. Mm. We send that yeah. vocally and those vibrations transfer yeah. if that's the place we're coming from. So Absolutely. People can pick this stuff yes. up. It's a subtle energy. You know, but it's very, very powerful. It's remarkable, Mm -hmm. you know, so understand your power, understand your ability to influence others and your ability to to bring joy and to be of service, you know, is so powerful. And these are some of the things that outside of procreation, outside of doing it, (laughs) that I feel that you're here for, you know, is to give your gifts and your talents and being aware how powerful you actually Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. All right. So. Uh, one of the things associated with that for me was, and other people, I know other people out there, they understand this as well, is being hypersensitive emotionally, <laughs> right? Were so, you crying every fat, five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, that's not my normal, you know, right. modus operandi is the, to do the Johnny Depp one tier. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Um, so fat is like an insulator for your nervous system. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but basically, so I've got this cord here with mm-hmm. the microphone and with the headphones. And inside this core, there are some wires. They're probably copper wires. And this coating on the outside is protected. It's insulation. When this coating is gone, the wires are exposed. Mm -hmm. Now they're more sensitive to everything in the environment. If it's too cold in here, they can short out. If it's too hot or we expose it to heat, we put a match close to it, it can burn out faster than it had this protection. Right. If you sneeze on it, (laughs) right? And by the way, with the immune system, just to go back, so many different weird things happen with my immune system. One time I remember I was walking into my university uh, to go to work and I walked behind a bus and there was a little bit of exhaust coming out and I just coughed a couple of times. I got sick for like a week. 
Get out. Yeah, I would if somebody just if somebody sneezes in the room, I'm catching something. <laughs> and I'm doing all these things to keep my immune system strong, but my body fat mm-hmm. was just way too low. Mm-hmm. My immune system was struggling. Well, sir, so, you said 4%. Now, we 4.7. 4 Okay, okay. I give you the 0. 0.7, <laughs> yeah. but for women, you mentioned that the essential was at 8. Yes. And so for men, essential was it's actually around two, it's a, around two or three. So you were cutting it pretty close. Yeah, exactly. You know, whether I, you were aware or not. <laughs> I was hanging out with the Grim Reaper. Yeah, He's sitting there on my couch. We're watching TV. He's like, here, try a cold. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so back to the, the nervous system. I got some virus chips for you. So the, the, the wiring, right? Yeah. So the copper wires are like your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, if you don't have that coating, you're going to be more hypersensitive and exposed to things going on around you. So fats act like this insulation over these wires. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what body fat is for you. And so I was definitely, and other people as well, it could be more irritable, mm-hmm. you know, just I could imagine. quick to be in reaction mm-hmm. instead of being in response. You don't have that buffer, right? You're just in reaction all Isn't the time. Isn't that something? And then if you're in reaction, but you're slow to react and respond, that has right. to be a terrible it's dilemma. It's frustrating. Yeah. You can get frustrated very <laughs> right. easily. And of course, just being more sensitive, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, being depressed to being sad to being uh, even happy. You can get excessively happy, you know, but then, of course, you you might have a counterbalance to that. Mm -hmm. So all these things were in extreme because I'm I'm more sensitive. And this isn't the good sensitive like the Ralph Tresvant, you know, (laughs) man with sensitivity. Um, Shout out to Ralph Tresvant, new edition. Yes. (laughs) For the people who know about that. You know too much. (laughs) Um, So understanding all these components, this is why this conversation is so important to have. And with all this said, we want to find that happy balance. And now let's move into the strategies for people uh, that want to put on some more weight, to put on some more healthy weight. Mm -hmm. And also for people who want to put on some size, you know, that mass. So now we're talking about gaining healthy weight. Uh, Some people can have some fears associated with this, you know, Mm -hmm. with things that are not actually geared towards making you heavy. So a lot of women still to this day, there's been a big shift. In this, but a lot of women still are in fear of gaining weight Mm -hmm. by lifting weights. They think that lifting weights is going to make you big. The reality is that lifting weights does not make you big. It's for guys too who want to get big. Mm -hmm. Lifting weights does not make you big. Mm -hmm. Food makes you big. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lifting weights cannot make you fat. Donuts can. Okay. (laughs) Or big and bulky. Uh, (laughs) Doing deadlifts will not make you bulky. Captain Crunch will, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So lifting weights does not make you big. Food makes you big. So this is the first place that we're going to look to for gaining healthy weight. And this goes back to some of the more rudimentary training that I received in my university, but then the real world application to this. So the rudimentary training says that there's a certain amount of energy that's found in the three macronutrients. So we have fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So fats, per one gram of fats that you would consume, there's nine calories in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. One gram of fat equals nine calories. For protein, one gram of protein equals four calories. Okay? So there's less there. Right. And for carbs, one gram is four calories. Okay? So according to this, if I want to put on more size, I just need to eat more fat. I'm going to get more calories in Mm -hmm. there. But as we know from past shows, that it's not purely about the calories, but about the hormonal impact that those calories bring about. Someone can eat an extremely high-fat diet and lose a tremendous amount of weight. This is why ketogenic diets are becoming so popular today. And we're gonna, we have a show and a great guest coming on very soon to talk okay. about this more. So eating fats does not translate to making you fat or to, to gaining weight because this can actually have a hormonal impact on you if you're eating certain kinds of fats mm-hmm. to changing your metabolism to the degree that 
you're going to be burning more calories. You're going to be burning more fat. Works in my favor. So that whole thing right there is kind of thrown out the window as far as if I eat more fat, I'm going to be able to pack in more calories. It's very difficult to do so because also fats are more satiating. Mm -hmm. They help to activate the satiety hormone known as leptin. And this is where we want to get into the conversation is about what can we do with our hormones so that we can put on more weight. So leptin is a satiety hormone. Ghrelin, that is the hunger hormone. Okay, so this is what, and if you're going to gain weight, if you're going to put on some size and the food is a deal, you're going to need to be hungry. You're going to need to have the desire to eat. Okay, so um, what we're talking about here also, I don't want to have this conversation without talking about insulin and the impact on insulin because this is all going to tie together. So we want to activate in insulin more often. So insulin is your body's number one energy storing slash a potential fat storing hormone. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to put on size, we need to store more in our body rather than it just kind of getting processed and we're expending more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so insulin is going to be first and foremost triggered by carbohydrates. Okay, okay? carbohydrates will trigger insulin uh, much easier than we can through uh, protein, which would be kind of be the backup. And protein can do that through a process called glyconeogenesis. So uh, basically, new sugar creation is what that means. So your body can actually break your protein structure down, your muscle tissue down, and turn it into sugar, which will then turn on insulin, mm-hmm. all right? But we don't even want to get into that either. This is why you don't want to have, if, if weight loss is your goal, a too high protein diet, okay? Okay. So this is why that healthy fats, mm-hmm. having that right ratio, which again, we're going to talk about in an upcoming show, can be really, really powerful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is to activate insulin, and to have ghrelin in our favor so that we actually have the desire to eat so we can put on a little bit more size is to shift the ratio and consume more carbohydrates. Okay. Okay. Healthy this is pretty ones. simple. Right. Now, there's different ways of going about yeah. this. We've got one way. It's called the dirty bulk. <laughs> what is All right? that? So this is the dirty bulk. And this is where we basically we're eating whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we're eating the cupcakes, the honey buns. We're eating the cereals. We're eating uh, different sandwiches, multiple sandwiches. I was a three sandwich guy. A, a three burger guy. Oh my! Oh, not goodness. a day, a meal. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could. Ja- yeah. Let's not get into the legend of <laughs> Chubby Sean Stevenson uh, back in the day. So, dirty bulking is just by any means necessary. Consuming a tremendous amount of food, and in the common paradigm, they're thinking they're just consuming a lot of calories. Absolutely, you are, but it's the quality. It's changing your hormone structure to encourage you to store more fat mm-hmm. or store more energy. And the dirty bulk tends to lead to production of a lot more fat in that process of gaining weight. You're not just gaining like good muscle. You're gaining a lot of fat. Then you got to go and diet really strictly to try to eliminate that fat and Mm -hmm. try to keep some of the muscle you gained. And that process can be just very arduous and really confusing and and harmful for your body, you know, long-term doing that over and over. So dirty bulk is option one. Option two, much more friendly behind door number two is clean and consistent. This is the approach to take and this is the approach we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do really simply is to increase and just shift the percentage. This does not mean that you need to eat a high carbohydrate diet. Okay. This is not what I'm saying. Just increase the ratio in your nutrition protocol. So you want to have a higher ratio of carbohydrates so that encourages you to actually go ahead and to consume more food. Eating carbohydrates tends to make you hungry. This is why we know like there's a legend of eating Chinese food with a mm-hmm. lot of carbohydrates, mm-hmm. a lot of rice. You're hungry an hour later. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But the same thing with the traditional American breakfast here. Uh-huh. You know, the SAD, S-A-D, standard yes, American yes, diet. Yes, yes, yes. That American standard breakfast is mm-hmm. dessert for breakfast. It is. You know, a lot of people are hungry. Muffins, They're at the vending, bagels, vending machine or yes. going to get coffee. 
uh, shortly after having that crash, you know, mm-hmm. because they're eating carbohydrates first thing and you're hungry again and just encourages you to eat more frequently. Mm. So we want to increase the ratio of carbohydrates just enough to encourage us to be a little bit more hungry. So for us, we want to do this smart. And by the way, even in that comparison, you can eat a lot more cookies than you can chicken breasts. All right. So it's a (laughs) lot more difficult to do this by eating a lot of protein Uh or another food source. Um, But we want to do this with good, high quality carbohydrates. So what are those going to be? Uh, this is, you're going to want to increase your intake of sweet potatoes. Yeah. Right? There's so many. Yes. Uh, my mother-in-law, my amazing I teacher. I just love her um, too. There's a place here. It's called World Market. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the few people, well, the only person I've ever met actually here that shops there. She's been shopping there for, you know, over a decade. And she would bring all these foods that I've like never seen before. I've never seen a sweet potato that tastes like blueberry. Like a really? blueberry muffin. Yeah. Get out. It's white on the outside. It was straight purple inside. And there's so many different varieties and other kinds of foods that she would bring as well. Um, the durian, for example, this, it's like a fatty fruit, like mm-hmm. avocados, fatty fruit, but the durian, I'll just be straight about it. It smells horrible, <laughs> right? It smells horrible, <laughs> right. but some people is just like, they've got an enzyme that it tastes amazing. They, they desire it once they have it. It's known as an aphrodisiac. Fun fact. Durians kill a handful of people every year, not because of them consuming it, but because of them falling out of the tree and landing on their head, right? So like durians taking people out, they're spiked. They're spiked and kind of heavy. Oh, man. All right. So just a little fun fact. That is. Now back to the original program. So now we're starting to see this actually in Whole Foods. In Whole Foods recently, I saw they had like eight different varieties of sweet potatoes, Mm -hmm. you know, and this gives you some variety and also different uh, hormonal, just slightly different hormonal impact that it can have. All right, so sweet potatoes is a great place to look. And also yams, which they're slightly different, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, those are another great source. So sweet potatoes, yams, and then we're talking about higher glycemic fruit. And the reason I'm saying these foods versus cookies and, <laughs> <laughs> and pasta is the fact mm-hmm. that these have a lot more energetic and health bang for the buck. You know, mm-hmm. this is going to give you a tremendous amount of bioavailable exactly. vitamins and minerals, enzymes, all that good stuff. So Without all the side effects. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So higher glycemic fruits. So this would be the obvious one is bananas, mm-hmm. but you got to be careful with these. Mangoes, melons, very high glycemic. Pineapple, it's another one. Then we can get into the dried fruits. And I use these to my advantage as well. So dates in particular was a favorite of mine when I was trying to gain weight. Apricots, raisins. Also, honey is another good one to add to the mix here. It's, an, again, a natural sweetener. It's probably the most enzymatically rich food ever discovered. It's so alive. You know, they've basically uncovered tombs from the pharaohs, and mm-hmm. they find jars of honey that are still enzymatically active. How about that? Right? Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? That's wonderful. That's the kind of stuff you want to eat. Yeah. You want to eat stuff that doesn't die. Yeah. You know, because you are what you eat. Yeah. You know, like, but a Twinkie is, it's been, it's already dead. Right. You know, it's over dead. Fabricated. Right. So please understand when I'm saying these things, again, you have to do this with caution and with intelligence and with awareness, because if you eat, you are what you eat again. I'll say this again. If you eat too many bananas, you might go bananas. <laughs> you eat too many dates. Maybe you'll go on a lot of dates. No, no. Bad dated. dates. Yeah, you'll be dated. <laughs> now, what about a mango? If you eat too many mangoes, Sean? How you going to throw me a curveball? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a character on Saturday Night Live called Mango. He was real. There you go. Different. Yeah. He was real different. All right. So there you go. Um, so it. those are some of the things to look to for your healthier, more ideal sources of carbohydrates. And I've got to add one more in here. We get into the, the rice controversy. Mm. And I use 
in my strategy when working on gaining weight, I use white rice. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the reason that I do this instead of brown rice is the fact that what we talked about earlier about potential gut damage. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at amazing cultures like um, the culture in Okinawa and other countries found in, in Asia and in, in India, they've been eating white rice for thousands of years. And, mm -hmm. you know, in our new paradigm here, we're just like, you know, brown is better. It's whole grain. And I understand it's like, what's wrong with them? Mm -hmm. I know they live longer than us and everything. Right. And they don't have as many heart disease, cancer, all that stuff. But what's up with the white rice? Right. And the reality is, a long time ago, they figured out that the brand surrounding that rice kernel is actually a potential gut irritant. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it has similar compounds to the lectins found in wheat that can actually bore their way through it and create some damage or inflammation to your gut lining. All right, so this is why brown rice, for a lot of people eating healthy, they're eating brown rice and they feel kind of puffy and they just mm -hmm. don't feel that good after eating it. But you keep eating it because you know you're supposed to. Right. So just understand, but some people, it just depends on your metabolism. It depends on... A lot of different factors, but if it feels good to you, so be it. You know, just understand that that's why that practice has been done of stripping that away. Mm -hmm. But now we're left with this very simple carbohydrate. So is that good for you? No, right. no, it's not good for you. But I'd rather have this than something that can mm -hmm. damage me more as far as my, my gut integrity. Mm -hmm. If my goal is to have a simple starch or something to increase my activation of ghrelin and as well as insulin. So the white rice, yes, it's absolutely, there's not much there. You're not going to get all these vitamins and minerals that you're supposedly getting in the brown rice, but because of the anti-nutrients, you're not actually getting a lot of that. Uh, this is a good thing to do, and it's a good delivery system. So you can, you know, use this to get your incredible grass-fed meats and, mm -hmm. and veggies and all this stuff, and use it like that. You don't just sit up there and eat a bowl of white rice, but <laughs> with some butter and sugar. It's delicious. Hey, that, is, um, that was good stuff. But you up. use it as a delivery system mm -hmm. for all the other good stuff to keep you well-rounded and healthy. Nice. So another strategy for the weight gain is to implement carbs at breakfast. This is the opposite of weight loss, okay? Because you're more insulin sensitive in the morning. Okay. You're already more insulin sensitive in the morning. So if somebody's goal is weight loss, we want to do a lower carbohydrate. If anything, no carbohydrate in the morning and focus on proteins and fats. Whereas if your goal is to gain weight, which is again, what a lot of people are doing, even if their goal is to lose weight, they're doing the thing to gain weight is eating some carbohydrates at breakfast because what this does, again, is it stokes the metabolic fire, creating the desire for you to eat more, all right? So carbs at breakfast. So this could be you have um, some pasture-raised uh, sausage, some green, you know, and still get your greens in there. So mm -hmm. maybe a half a plate of sauteed garlic spinach, and then maybe you have a sweet potato, you know, so a baked sweet potato along with that with a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of salt. Good stuff. All right. So, or this can be an ideal time to do the second thing which is with gaining weight, which is to have liquid meals. Liquid meals are very helpful because for me personally, you know, it is just difficult. It's difficult to put on that weight without having those strategies of like, let me deliver a lot of calories in and a lot of, and of course, again, when I say calories, it's with the other caveat, Yes. but in a format that my body can actually take it in because Eating can be an arduous process, you know, <laughs> to the degree like at one point. For some of you. <laughs> you, can, you it actually gets depressing, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're trying, because and also uh, just wanting to have that energy to feel good because eating requires a lot of energy. Sure. Right. And we talked according about to that. the research, yeah, mm -hmm. it can be upwards of 80% of your energy is going to be used every day to digest the food you're eating. So here's a, a way to slide that in there to shift that ratio without you feeling tired all the time is liquid meals. And I'm going to share a special little drink with you guys. It's going to sound a little crazy, <laughs> but it works. Okay. So liquid meals are helpful. And this could be the, the, the superfood smoothies, the green smoothies. These are all great. 
But here's one. This is for the affiliated right here. These okay. are for these are for the people who are who are serious and want to utilize the strategy. So this is something like some Rocky Balboa stuff okay, right here. Come on. All right. So uh, with that said already, so we got a couple of raw eggs. All right. Oh, Going yeah. into the blender. You lost right? me there. Now listen, listen. <laughs> what happens when you make like cookie dough or like cake batter? Understood. Right? I still put it in the So oven. people people eat cookie dough I and know, the cake batter, right? Like, so yeah, basically you're making this drink and it's going to kind of taste like cake batter. All right. I'm not doing this right now, but mm-hmm. this is something that I did and it worked right. very well. Well, now you're at the and by the way, be, right? people can get concerned about what about, you know, salmonella or anything like that. Make sure that you're just getting eggs that are grown with integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, very simple. Mm-hmm. The incidence of something like that happening with an egg is so rare, but mm-hmm. it's another fear propaganda. But also people are getting conventionally from uh, factory farms, factory you know, farm where the chickens eggs. are sick themselves. Right. So raw eggs. So we'll just say two of them go into the blender, into mm-hmm. the Vitamix. Mm-hmm. Then we got our protein, our protein source. So ideally it's going to be the hemp force protein. So the vanilla acai. And then you're going to add some colostrum in there. So this can be from our <laughs> past guest, Daniel Vitalis, right? Yep. Uh, Daniel Vitalis Survival mm-hmm. is a company. We'll put a link to the, the colostrum in there. Complete food, every protein, every polysaccharide, every essential fat, vitamins, minerals, but all this thing, this is the, for the purpose to make the animal, the cow, the baby cow, big and strong, mm-hmm. all right? So we're going to throw a couple scoops, like a Good nice size golly, amount yes. of the colostrum in there. We're going to blend that up with either some almond milk or some raw milk. So there's a big movement with raw milk now. You can go to realmilk.com and, and look into that and, you know, connecting with local farmers. And some, depending on the state you're in, they also have the access to this in, in some grocery stores as well. Um, so you can use that or you can just use water. But go ahead and blend that up. And it worked wonders, you know, for packing on weight and just kind of having that as a supplement. So that mm-hmm. was like an extra meal in between meals. Sure. You know, so I have that one, maybe sometimes two times a day. <laughs> and this helped me to gain weight faster than right, anything right. else. And gracefully. Yes. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Because also many of the things I just described are really tilted towards muscle they're mm-hmm. tilted towards building muscle because notice right. i didn't really talk about carbohydrates being present you didn't and it right. sounded a lot like the super smoothie that uh, we drink yeah minus you know a couple of scoops of the colostrum and the eggs but there are still those very key components oh man you should have seen healthy. me at the blender when i first did it i was nervous i'm like <laughs> I oh know. i saw this scene before i didn't like it i was like i'll never do it and i blended it up it's like Wow, drink, this is drink, good. Drink, drink, it's, drink. It's drink. like it's eggnog, and of course, oh, add in some oh, cinnamon. By the way, little good. just for psychologically, you know, for your psychology in this process, I added probably a nice, um, maybe half a teaspoon of cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful antimicrobial, antibacterial substance. So it can, if you think there might be something in the egg to kill, cinnamon can do it, but also to make it taste good. Yeah, and it does. Christmas anytime. All right. <laughs> so there's a little secret shake wow. there. Wow. Now, with this being understood, we now need to move into because you still need to exercise for right, sure. Right, right. Because you can pack all these calories <laughs> in and all these different meals and things and just sit and watch Game of Thrones and <laughs> find that, you know, find that you're not in a good place. All mm-hmm. right. So we absolutely this is a compliment. You know, so if you're lifting a certain way and consuming food, you know, upping your intake like this, this is how you're gonna put on some size. All right, so now with that said, I got to tie this in post-workout, okay? No matter what workout you're doing, post-workout, you absolutely must have a shake. And this is what I do today. No raw eggs. So Mm post-workout, and I just had this last night, and I also had this with my son um, because we did, I mean, it was just fun, really fun day. We did some deadlifts. We did box jumps. 
We did a little pull-up competition between us. <laughs> you guys kill me. <laughs> uh, we did uh, some landmines. It's another interesting group of exercise that you can do with a bar and just basically pushing the bar all over the place. Uh, so we did a lot of cool stuff, came back. And so this is my post-workout shake is a couple scoops of hemp force protein. Mm-hmm. I use the vanilla acai and about two tablespoons of raw honey goes in there, mix it up in a shaker bottle and I put a little bit of ice in there. And that's what we have. It just kind of tastes like a milkshake. It's really right, good. Right. Now, with that said, so we're getting the tremendous amount of bioavailable, mm-hmm. bioavailable amino acids. And then we're getting that glucose. And now because we've depleted our muscle glycogen, it's going to go back and this is going to help to encourage production or, or regeneration of muscle tissue instead of getting stored as fat. So that's not just for the weight gaining goal. I mean, Primarily. you want to be you want to be careful if, if weight loss is your goal. You right. don't necessarily want to add in the honey or maybe just a tiny okay. bit. I got you. And you I know? know that's not the focus, but yeah. it just sounded yeah. so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> and then the depletion idea, I, I want to replenish with right. muscle. And by the way, this is with local and a pourable honey. So it's not like a tablespoon of glue I'm putting into the bottle. <laughs> it's the pourable honey. And it's right here from uh, a local place, literally just a few blocks from our house. Oh, neat. So that's what I do after our workouts when my goal is to gain weight or just to maintain my weight because I lose weight pretty quickly. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about the exercise to wrap things up for you guys. Uh, the most important thing to focus on here is something called tut. Okay. Time under tension. King tut, queen tut. Okay, time under tension. If your goal is to gain muscle mass, Mm -hmm. then we don't want to just kind of run around, do one exercise, jump to the next, and you're doing like circuit training very, very quickly. You want to spend time doing each exercise. In particular, let's use, for example, the lat pull down. Okay, so the lateral pull down. And this is for your latissimus dorsi muscle, your back muscles generally. And we'll just, for, for those who are unaffiliated, we'll say like the, the wings. Okay. Right? Yeah. Gives me wings. Gives me wings. All right. So the lat pull down, this is where you're pulling the bar down to the top of your sternum and you're really folding and closing your back together. You want to make sure that you're having a time under tension of at least about 30 seconds. Ooh. So this means that the exercise, you're not just going like one, two, three, mm-hmm. but it's like one, two, three. And the eccentric, the concentric portion is the pulling down and squeezing. Mm-hmm. The eccentric portion is the releasing and bringing up. And go so back maybe it's going to be like, one, two, three down, one, two, three, four, five up. Oh, okay? wow. And maybe you're doing like eight to 10 repetitions of that. Okay. You're putting the muscle under a longer time of tension. Mm-hmm. Okay, so time under, under tension. tension. Yeah. All right, so you want to increase that, that tut time because that's what really changes. Uh, we're talking about um, your muscle fibers. So mm-hmm. myofibular and sarcoplasmic, we get into all these different words, but we're stimulating our muscle fibers to, to change and do certain activities. Cool. Okay, so time under tension is important. You don't just want to go and bang out some work. You want to make sure that we're doing exercises for a more extended amount of time. Okay, now that's not for everything because we're going to talk about the next important thing here, which is periodization training. And there's two ways to go about this. One is daily undulating periodization. Okay, so that's one way. The other way is linear periodization. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we're not going to talk too much about these today because we're actually covering these more in depth, like really, really in depth. And this could take out multiple shows. Mm -hmm. Um, We're covering this in my program, The Fat Loss Code. And we're doing this very soon. And like I said, I won't spend too much time in it here, but The Fat Loss Code is not just for if your goal is about fat loss and you're interested in that only. This is also if you're interested in putting on muscle mass and you need a better place to go. This is really where you can find this information. So head over to www.thefatlosscode.com, thefatlosscode.com. And so we'll be talking, breaking down these different programs with the linear periodization and the daily undulating periodization there. So basically there's different types of adaptation that take place. 
and there's a neurological adaptation that takes place in training. There's hypertrophy that takes place, and there's also a strength adaptation. So all of these things we want to keep developing and growing because Mm -hmm. we will hit a ceiling at some point with all of them. And you've probably heard this before that if you keep doing the same exercise, your body's going to get adapted and you won't change anymore. So we want to have a strategy to cut that off at the past and make sure that it doesn't even get close to happening. And this is where this periodization training actually comes into play. So hypertrophy, for those who are interested in what does that even mean, Mm -hmm. from the Greek word, hyper meaning excess, and then trophy meaning uh, nourishment. Okay, so hypertrophy Mm -hmm. is is the root of that word. Hypernourishment. (laughs) And so muscle hypertrophy involves the increase in size of skeletal muscle through an increase in the size of its component cells. So this is where we get into the conversation I mentioned a little bit earlier about the sarcoplasmic and myofibular cells within your muscle and the different things that they're working on because there's hypertrophy related to the size of the muscle and then there's hypertrophy relating to the strength of the muscle. And so you don't want to just get strong but not grow. Right. Right. And this happens with a lot of guys. You know, they're trying hard to put on size, but they're just not finding that is being the case, but they're getting strong. Mm -hmm. So you want to have both. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is what these protocols are about. And so I'm just going to give everybody a snapshot of what it looks like. Because, again, you need like a whole workout drawn out. It's just kind of difficult to even articulate through the auditory. But I'm going to just share with everybody a basic protocol. So essentially, you break your week down and you need to focus on, and this is Captain Obvious here, the primary exercise, the compound movement. So this is going to be your squats, deadlifts, presses, rows, and pull-ups. Okay, So these are the primary compound exercises. And also you could throw dips in there. And not to take away the auxiliary work. So this is going to be like the more isolation exercise. You need to do those too, but that's a smaller percentage of your protocol. You need to focus on the compound movements. So if we break your week down, we'll just say we've got three weeks here, okay, a 21-day program. Mm -hmm. And each week, we're just going to take, since we got these three weeks, we're going to take three major movements, deadlift, bench, squat, okay? Deadlift, bench press, and squat. There's going to be our three main movements, Okay. So week one, you're going to do all of them. Week two, you're going to do all of them. Week three, you're going to do all of them, but you're going to do them differently. Okay. Week one, we're going to take our deadlift, and this is going to be our focus for our lower rep, high weight. Okay. So we're going to do maybe five by three or five by five. So five sets of three repetitions, much, much heavier weight near our max. Okay. So that's what we're going to do in week one with the deadlift. With the bench press, maybe we're doing a moderate, moderate weight and moderate reps. Okay. So it's a different stimulation. Right. And then for the squat, we'll say we'll do this our, our high rep day. Mm-hmm. Lighter weight, lots of reps. Okay. So that's week one. Wow, that's week still two. one week. Wow. And then of course you gotta throw in your auxiliary work. Sure. Okay. So you can still do, you know, your push-ups and your pull-ups and your body weight lateral pull downs and your yes. tricep extensions. You've got to do all that stuff too if you're gonna put on more muscular size. All right. So but that's week one. Week two, we're gonna switch it up. So now the bench press can be our five by five, our heavy load, lower rep, okay? And then for the deadlift, we can go ahead and make this our lighter work week where we're doing a lot more repetitions, lighter weight. And this is what me and my son actually did uh, yesterday, Mm -hmm. okay? So we did higher reps. So we were doing like 12 to 10 deadlifts per set. And we did about three, you know, three sets, two or three sets. I had him do an extra one. (laughs) (laughs) And then the week before, the prior week, we did a max out day. You know, we were doing like five sets of one, two, or three. All right, so that's what we did the previous week. And we find that, again, the body's changing and also strength is growing at the same time. And then the squats this week, in week two, this can be when you're doing your moderate stuff. So maybe three sets of eight or something of that nature. Okay. All right? Then week three, we're going to switch it up again. 
You know, so you're basically going to do the, the lift that you haven't done the heavy load with. So this would be the squats. That would be that day. And then the moderate with the one you haven't done moderate with and then light the one you haven't did light with. Now, again, you can kind of, it's very difficult to articulate this through auditory, but basically each week you're going to be changing the reps and sets of what you're doing. All right. For the major compound lifts. Okay. But you're always going to come back again on the cycle mm-hmm. again the next week of now I'm going to do my heavy lifting that fourth on week or we're going to be back to mm-hmm. deadlift, heavy lifting again. Okay. And you're going to find your strength is improving, but also you're getting bigger. Wow. Okay. So there you have it. Um, There's a lot of great information that we went through today. And you know how we do, you know, we do master classes. And by the way, if you want to see workouts like these, definitely head over and check out the fat loss code because we've got so many different approaches and protocols for these exercises. We also got a lot of new videos that we're going to be putting in the early part of this new year in 2015 for people to check out and actually taking them through these protocols with me. So it's pretty fun and a really great experience to put this all together for everybody. So now just to go ahead and wrap the show, I've got this one important statement and understanding that needs to take place before any protocol as far as weight loss and our focus today, which is weight gain, which is you have to set a smart goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have to set a smart goal. If you don't have a goal in mind, it's very difficult for your brain, your reticular activating system of your brain to find the data to direct your focus on how to achieve that thing and to guide your activities. Okay. So a smart goal for gaining weight is, for me, it's really simple. If we want to do this smart, gracefully, mm-hmm. so that, again, we can maintain it and it's not like right. a dirty bulk <laughs> or, you, or, you know, the hacks minute, that yeah. I was doing before that weren't actually, it was a hack. You know, it was, the hack was a hack. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it didn't really work out well. Um, so it's very simple, very easy, which is a pound a week. Okay. A pound a week was my goal. That's not bad. You know, so it's very simple, very approachable, mm-hmm. you know, just setting that as your marker. A very smart goal. You know, you don't want to get into the realm of like, okay, my goal, I'm going to gain 20 pounds in the next four weeks mm-hmm. or something like that, which again, it's been done. It's been done. It is possible. Right. I've gained a tremendous amount of weight and lost a tremendous amount of weight in short time frames. It doesn't mean it's sustainable and it doesn't mean that it feels good and you get the end results you want. So I encourage you to do this more gracefully, you know, set a smart goal and go ahead and knock this thing out by applying some of the things you learned today. Nice. So thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope that you got a lot of value out of it. And please make sure to continue sharing the show with the people that you care about. It really does mean a lot. And you never know whose life you can impact uh, with these shows and with this message of really focusing on being the best version of yourself, not someone else, you know, and really having the opportunity to change your body and change your health, but to do this in an intelligent fashion so that it's sustainable. All right. So thank you so much. And if you want to head over to the SeanStevensonModel.com and leave a comment and let me know if there's any insight or little nugget here or anything that you've found from today's show that you're going to apply that you never thought about before. I want to hear about that. So we can keep the conversation going over there. All right. So take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to the SeanStevensonModel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening.